Hello everybody, welcome to your post-Christmas Blood Red podcast, I'm Andy Kelly and today I'm joined by a triumvirate, uh, we couldn't quite describe them as the three kings but they're here anyway, we're joined by our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, James Pearce, uh, by Echo Scribe extraordinaire, Neil Jones and by one of our digital gurus, uh, Paul Gorst, making his pod debut. Um, we're here obviously to look back on a successful outing against Stoke and look ahead uh, principally to City but also with a nod towards Sunderland in what is a pretty busy patch for the Reds. James, um, felt like it feels like a sort of three-game trilogy we're embarking on. Uh, we've just had the first leg at Anfield the other night. Um, it started off as a tough game but by the end the Reds were they declared really at four hadn't they yeah they did yeah I think the last 20 it certainly felt as if they were kind of conserving energy out of the Man City game I think you know it could have been anything they wanted to be honest once it went to four but um just controlled the game and saw out time I think on, on Klopp's orders yeah, it was very comfortable in the end I think you know it was interesting the way Stoke approached it I think it was pretty clear when you saw the team sheet and you know they left out the likes of Bojan and Shakiri. And obviously had gone with Walters and Crouch, and you know played a lot of long balls. Looked to looked to get at Liverpool, um, and they had a degree of success. But you know, I was still a bit baffled by Mark Hughes's comments afterwards about how you know that that's some kind of blueprint for teams going to Anfield now because you know it was four one could easily have been six or seven, um, and you know even the goal they scored was you know a gift really you know a real comedy of errors with Mane. Slicing the clearance, Lovren not alert enough at his near post, Mignolet beaten too easily. Um, but once Mignolet atoned for that with a, a great save from Joe Allen shortly after, Liverpool hit their stride and they were just far too good for Stoke. You know, Stoke made a lot of mistakes, but that was, I think a lot of that was just down to the sheer amount of pressure they were under. Jonesy, was that um, good save from Mignolet, from uh, Joe Allen? Um, Felt like a little bit of a turning point in the game. Did, did you see it as such you were there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was not just that, it was the follow-up as well from, from Peters, which Clavan got off the line. You know, Either of those go in and you're 2-0 down and Liverpool obviously would back themselves still to get back into it, but it's a long way back in any game if, you, if, you, if you've got a two-goal cushion. I think also it, it sort of livened up the maybe the crowd a little bit, that they were a little bit sort of... They realised that the team was having a bit of a bad patch and I think it, it, it sort of refocused a few minds and... Once once Liverpool got level, there was there was only one one win. And I think if you if you look back at the spell they had the fifteen minutes or the twenty minutes, it was probably as bad as it was against Bournemouth, but they had it early enough to recover from. And also, you know, they didn't they didn't concede more than once, and that that's a that's a positive that at least Liverpool are sort of managing to work through one of those spells rather than it costing them points. Paul, were you worried at any stage in the game? <clears throat> well, I was watching it um, with a couple of friends and we, we sort of said, you know, no need to panic, first 20 minutes or so. Um, we, we were always likely to get the chances and, you know, with the five ball we've got, we, chances are we were going to turn it round. Um, and then, you know, obviously once you got the, the first, second man in, and then from then on, as we say, you know, it was just a, a dominant second half performance in particular. Um I was made up for storage. Um, just, I think it was crucial that he's uh, firing with Mane set to go for, for the next month or so. We need him fit and ready, and, and, and that's what he was doing. Um, so, you know, all around it was a, a good afternoon. 
Piercy Paul mentioned Sturridge there. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, I think he scored, what was it, how many seconds? 56 50, 56. But he actually almost gets a chance even before his 56 because he does that little sneaky thing where he's trying to get them wait for a back pass, which got him his goal. But he's actually ready to do it about 20 or 30 seconds before. The defender just catches himself on and doesn't play it. And then, obviously, um, Shawcross isn't quite so lucky. But there's loads of players who wouldn't have finished it with the sort of... Uh, you, you can tell class because he just made it look so easy, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think Klopp was eulogising it about it after the game, and rightly so, because you know, it was it's the mark of a great striker, isn't it, to make something that's actually quite difficult look incredibly easy, and I don't think anyone in that ground had any doubts where the ball was going to end up once Shawcross's back pass had landed at Sturridge's feet. Um, and I think you know, that'll do him the world of good. I know he, he played it down when he was asked about it in front of the TV cameras afterwards, but... Definitely would have played on his mind the fact that you know eight months without a Premier League goal for a player of his caliber is a is a hell of a long time and you know, he's had a tough tough time of it you know he's been a passenger for a large part of this title challenge so far but the stage is set now for him to play a much bigger part in the in the second half of the season. Georgie, I maybe controversial this, but not particularly, but not like I did No, I I thought Liverpool got a wee bit lucky the other night in the sense that. I don't think we've had much luck in the last couple of months that everything that sort of, you know, could sort of semi go wrong has done, you know. And I felt like if you look at, you know, for the Firmino shot, for instance, like maybe a couple of months ago that's hitting the post and then the other post and then going out. And it, it almost wasn't, it felt like a shot that probably wasn't going to go in and then it, it did go in. And then obviously Glenn Johnson's touch takes it into Adam Lallana's yeah. path. I know to a certain extent Liverpool are making their own luck, aren't they, with how they're, they're putting teams under pressure. Um, and then, obviously, the, the, the there was the own goal, which, to be honest, just took a goal away from Mane, didn't yeah. he, who was behind. Yeah. It was and a well-worked goal as well. It was a lovely goal, yeah. that, wasn't it? And um, and he, even Henderson's ball to Origi down the line got a beautiful yeah. little touch off the Stoke player. And um, and then, of course, you have the, um, the back pass. And it just felt, well, I thought Liverpool played you know very well for... You know the last two thirds of the game just felt like maybe they got a, a little bit of help for once, which they haven't been getting that that often. Yeah, I can see. I can see that. I mean, you could. They also had one cleared off the line by from Firmino from from Crouch. They missed a few good chances. I think Mane had a couple whistle past the post. Firmino put one over the over the top. The, I think the general the general feeling is if if you if you arrive in the penalty area often enough and you you create enough. Openings where the, the defence is on the back foot, then you you were sort of entitled to the breaks to come your way, and I think I think Klopp's Dortmund side was a very good example of that. There was a lot of you know I remember watching them quite a bit when certainly when they were they were at their their peak, and there was a lot of sort of loose balls dropping to Lewandowski or to Goethe or to Royce whoever, and that was because they were they were creating the pressure with the the width and the the speed of the play, and I think Liverpool they weren't at the best against Stoke. At any point, really, in, in the game, but they, they still even even in the first sort of ten minutes before Stoke got on top, I thought they were they were probing and they were creating sort of, you know, positions where Stoke were a full stretch and they were having to sort of get a, a touch on it to stop a ball going through, or the ball was a little bit just over hit. So I I don't yeah, it's nice it's nice when you see sort of both posts and go in and you know you you get a cheap goal that like you get at the end, but I think Liverpool still worked hard enough for it, and I would. Uh, I would I would suggest that, like you said, they made their own luck. Yeah, Paul. The how much do you think this um, the way the games are falling is having an effect in terms of 
Um, it feels really annoying that every time Liverpool go to play, they're nine points behind again. Yeah. And you sort of feel if, if those were reversed and Chelsea are going into their games and their lead's being cut to three, it's sort of... I know everybody plays 38 games and... Um, Go back a couple of years, and could any of us tell what way the games were played? You know, probably not many people remember, but it, it feels it'd be nice. It's obviously going to happen again on New Year's Eve, yeah. but it feels like it'd be nice to be able to cut into that lead, even if it's just for a couple of hours. Yeah, I mean, when you see nine points before kickoff, it, it's always it looks like it's a mountain to climb. Um, I don't know, Chelsea play was it three times over fifteen days or whatever it is, and, and we've got the the game against uh, City and then the one against Sunderland in less than 48 hours. Um, you know, the fixture has been really unkind to Liverpool, particularly uh, around this week. Um, but as you say, um, they've got to be played at some point, so it's just a case of, of digging in. Um, I suppose the amount of energy they expend as well during games, um, that can take a lot out of them, uh, particularly the, the front players and the amount of running that the likes of Mane is doing on the line. Um, Do you think they're the, the clock? I think James famously reported on the phrase, "Was it win the fitness and we win everything?" We win everything. And mm. uh, do you think you seeing that sort of relentlessness? Is are you, are you thinking fitness is 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 helping Liverpool out in that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you look at the the stats and so on, the likes of Henderson on the line and the Joris Bunnies, aren't they? Don't stop, and and that's obviously crucial to the way Klopp likes to play. And, and uh, you know it's it's getting uh, results at the moment. On the point of playing after teams, that was this team has been compared, hasn't it, to Newcastle's team in the in the nineties, uh, coined the entertainers. And I think Liverpool, the TV want obviously Liverpool on, and they know they get good figures when Liverpool are on. So BT especially love having Liverpool games on, you know, Monday nights or or Saturday evening football if they can, and that's the price you've got to pay. I can remember that Newcastle team being 12 points clear of United, but in the running, because they'd had such a great first half of the season, they were playing such good football, every time they come to play, United would play on the Saturday, and Newcastle would be on the Super Sunday or the Monday night football, and they didn't handle it. They, 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 I've heard players from that team say, Rob Lee, people like that, saying, we, we go into a game and all of a sudden our lead in a week has been cut from 12 to 4, and then all of a sudden it's like, you better win today, otherwise United are... I've got a game in hand and there'll be a point behind. So, so in fact, rather than anyone, as I mentioned, perhaps probably we don't remember a couple of years, those players do actively remember the way yeah, that Yeah, well, that, 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 that's, that that's the early years of Sky, you know, yeah, that, yeah. that sort of, that era. But that, that's, the, that's the issue. And I, I would think it must have an, an impact on Liverpool, Man City, Arsenal, when they're thinking, you know, OK, we should win away at West Brom or we should win away at Crystal Palace. But if we don't, if we, even if we draw and get a decent point, we're still further behind than we were at the start of the weekend, guaranteed. And Chelsea get to play that that sort of free hit, if you like, at the start of the weekend, where you know it's got a pretty easy fixture as well on on the weekend. You know, Stoke at home. You know, I'm sure they'll. Um, Mark Hughes' brilliant blueprint will get them, <laughs> get them rid of those Stamford Bridge. But Chelsea have got a sort of. They've had a little bit of that recently. They were they've been playing very well and they've been playing you know with a, a swagger about them. But they have also had. I would say kind of scheduling. Yeah, they yeah. they've definitely got the room to manoeuvre where yeah. you know Liverpool and Arsenal and Man City haven't at this stage. And and that's that's the that's the value of that's the point of building up a lead, isn't it? You know that's what yeah. you, you you build that cushion for, so you can you can lose a game or you can you can play with a bit more freedom. And there's certain thought that they probably haven't been scheduled for those TV fixtures because the, 
to a certain extent, they have been surprise packages. Yeah. They would, you know, a lot of people wouldn't have been assuming those throwing Chelsea onto a Sunday four o'clock game or a Monday night game would be. You know, you're looking at the league leaders there when you schedule. Also, you don't get you don't get those kind of Liverpool results, do you? You don't get Chelsea four. Yeah. You know, warmer three or the other way around. You you get Chelsea three Stoke nil or something like that. So really, that that is a Saturday afternoon three o'clock kickoff, isn't it? Liverpool, whoever they're playing, you think could be six all this. You know, it, yeah. it could be it could be any any score you like. So that's why that's why the TV companies want Liverpool on. Could argue, I suppose, that you know. That having a defence that concedes two in twelve games and doesn't make for brilliant telly is probably helping them get stuck into a <laughs> three three yeah. pm Saturdays, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, brilliant. Well, look, look um, as well as you two uh, esteemed members of the the fourth estate in the main stand the other night, uh, I hope neither of you had a hat on as bad as Pep Guardiola's. Wish I wish I did. <laughs> it was freezing. <laughs> it, it was, he was there to have a look at at Liverpool. Um, Klopp seemed to take it almost as a little bit of a... Uh, yeah, he hasn't been looking at anyone else, has he? So um, he's obviously you know very interested in what we're doing. Um, it's Whatever you say about the scheduling in terms of 5.30 on a New Year's Eve, um, it certainly has increased the tension on, on the game yeah. if, if it needed any more. And it's, it, it, you would say it's the two best. Whatever you say in terms of Chelsea, in terms of their sort of efficiency and getting three points... These are the two best teams to watch in the league, aren't they? I think either yeah, of them definitely. were better than Arsenal, aren't yeah. they? To watch and it was interesting, you know, you, you're quite used to when big games like this come along, managers trying to play it down, but Klopp at Melwood today didn't even attempt to to kind of make out that it is like any other game. He, you know, he, he basically said, you know, it's it's huge for both teams. He said, you know, one of his quotes was, you know, if I wasn't sat on the bench, I'd be buying a ticket for this one. Um, you know, I think he seemed genuinely excited about the prospect. You know, it's... I think you're right. It's the two most entertaining teams in the Premier League. Um, you know, both part of the title race, second against third. You've also got Klopp against Guardiola thrown in. Obviously, the, those two renewing rivalries. You know, two managerial heavyweights. Um, I think I think their record was I think four wins apiece from their eight battles in in Germany. Um, and I think it's probably more of a level level playing field. I know Klopp probably you know bemoaned when he was at Dortmund. Obviously, the fact that you know, he was he was going into battle with a water pistol most of the time. Compared, to, you know, look at the resources that that Bayern had, and obviously, you know, they took Goetze and they took Lewandowski. Um, you know, he, he lost some big players to them, um, and it was it was tough. But you know, you you look at this, and I think you know, I think most Liverpool fans will, will fancy their chances. I know, obviously, there was the big disappointment of the Capital One Cup final against City last season, but there was, there was nothing really in that game. If Origi had put away that header, I think in extra time Liverpool would have won. They did the double over them in the league. I think probably the the performance at the Etihad was was probably the the first kind of complete performance under Klopp, where you suddenly thought, wow, you know, I think Liverpool are onto something with this fella in charge. Um, and obviously City are a different team now, but you know, you you look at the the issues they've had defensively. People talk about Liverpool's issues, yeah. but you know, the, the Liverpool's pressing game against that back four. Who were under orders to to knock it about and take risks? Um, so I, I can't see the team keeping a clean sheet. I think it's, it's got the makings of a of a cracker, and I, I fully expect Liverpool to win. Jonesy, team news wise, we heard a bit from Klopp today. We'll have no Coutinho, we'll have no Joel Matip. Probably <coughs> of those, we probably didn't expect to see Coutinho, but I suppose people were probably hoping to that Matip could make it back. Um, from the other side of things, 
um, we'll have Aguero back from his suspension. Um, the three of us were at the Etihad, grinning from ear to ear <laughs> last season. Uh, and I seem to recall that Aguero, that was his first game back from an injury that time, or he certainly yeah. only played an hour, didn't he? Yes. Uh, an hour was enough to get him a good goal and, yeah. uh, and everything else. Um, where do you think either side has the advantage in terms of personnel they're able to take on the pitch or those that they, they, they won't have? Yes, good, good one. I mean, Klopp said about Aguero today, he said, I hope he's been on the beach somewhere warm and he gets off of his tan for the last three and a half weeks. Yeah. I'm not um, sure about Klopp's knowledge of world geography that you think Argentina was warm this time of year. I don't know yeah, how I warm it is. It's I don't think it is. Not, no. um, yeah, he, he, um, he's the best striker in the league, isn't he, Aguero? You know, he's probably probably the best player in the league all told he um, and he you'd have to think that he'd have a point to prove as well because he did let himself down he let his team down over the tour and they've dropped points in his absence you know they've, they've gone to Leicester and been absolutely you know spanked by by Leicester without their their star man so you'd have to think he'd got a point to prove has he scored at Anfield Aguero I, I don't <coughs> I remember him missing a, I remember him missing a chance about that much he during scored, that two-two game, he scored a couple of belters against Liverpool at, at their Yeah, he game, often scores the Etihad, doesn't he? Was it against Pepe Reina? The yeah, one yeah. he whipped in from yeah. the most ridiculous Chip, angle, chipped it in yeah. from that. Yeah. So, I, I, I can't recall Aguero at Anfield being as effective as he is the Etihad. That's the point yeah. I'm trying to make. Yeah. You know? So, and and mainly because City haven't been as effective in 13 years since City won. Nicholas and Elka scored the, the winner yeah. last time. Robbie Fowler was playing for Manchester City. That's Joey Barton. You know, that's just about. Yeah. That, what an era that was you've, for Manchester City, the glorious. You've the glorious that into glorious history. Yeah. There, so <laughs> City's record at Anfield has been poor. So you can look at it and say, good, you know, keep that going. Or you can look at it and say, ah, oh, the G1. But people said that about the Derby. People said that about Everton. You know, Everton were G1. Liverpool were, were above that. And I, I agree with James. I fully expect Liverpool to win. I think if you if you had Pep Guardiola at gunpoint and you said to him, right, here's your choice. You can have a point now. Or you can you can take your chances on Saturday. I think he'd take the point. Paul, it seems to me. I think a lot of fans are feeling the same as as Jonesy and Piercy that you know Manchester City are a side you can get at principally because maybe maybe three crucial positions in the in the in the two centre halves and the goalkeeper uh, they're get-atable. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> well, you know what? I think I may have stolen that word from Jan Mulby's column this week. Which, um, <laughs> get at him. Get at the, the, and uh, apologies to Big Jan if I have, but um, uh, there's a check in the post, uh, a small one, undoubtedly. But um, yeah, they, you can get at them, can't you? I think. Yeah, I think if you look at the last three games in Anfield, I think we've scored eight. Um, and there was. Put, uh, put four past them last year, October, November time, wasn't it? Um, so, I'd say, Liverpool got something of, of a sign of a city, um, if you can, you can call it that, with a club as big as Liverpool. Um, obviously, City won the, the League Cup final, but three days later, to come to Anfield, and it was a procession for the Reds. Um, and uh, and with, with Neil on this one, I, I think Liverpool uh, come into it, the team more in form, um, and obviously, at home, and I expect them to get three points as well. Um, but it promises to be some game. So the edge I think Liverpool might have in this, and this is this is me potentially up in here on on charges next week. <laughs> famous on, last word. Famous <laughs> last word. This is called doing. This is Christian called Walsh Christian Walsh 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 Walsh
where you might you might get beat, but I don't think you get a Liverpool performance where the players don't do what the manager wants them to do. Generally, I think you know they they will still run for ninety minutes. They will still do everything in their power to attack and to go forward. I think Manchester City still have the leftover remnants of the Pellegrini era, where certain players will throw the hand in if it's going if it goes one nil, two nil, or if it's not happening for them. And I think you'll see you'll see Guardiola frustrations with his players. You can see that on the touchline in certain games. Leicester game, a prime example. So I still think there's there's still a mental fragility in Manchester City for all the top class players they've got I still think they've got a tendency to throw one in in, in, in certain games and in big games as well yeah I think if, if Liverpool lose they've at least had a go yeah I'm interested in the the Raheem Sterling situation obviously he came back not having Flannery to no, stick I, yeah, with I'm, I'm wondering whether to just to <laughs> call back from loan John Flanagan, <laughs> get him on there just for the first half. I mean, Sterling obviously had a torrid time when he came back last season. Flanagan got into him early. He was hauled off after an hour, was he? Yeah. Uh, and, half time, uh, I think. It might have been half time, even, Pity, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I remember, I think I remember writing at the time for his own good, you know, it was an act of mercy when he got, he got, got his, called yeah. off. Um, he's obviously been doing. Um, if you look at, he's certainly one of the players that you would say that Guardiola has had an impact on straight away. Um, we know for for all the disappointment of his exit from Manfield that the lad's a good player and and was a good player for Liverpool and has the potential to go on. I'm just interested what you think. Um, you know he's going to be able to bring that to the pitch in in the atmosphere that he will be met with, yeah. or whether you think. Yeah, in other words, do you think he's matured in that 12 months to be able to handle it better this time, I suppose? Yeah, I suppose the proof will be in the pudding on Saturday night. Well, no, I think, I think you're right. It'll be an interesting gauge of his development under Guardiola, whether he can handle a night like that, because he hasn't been able to handle it, handle it before. Um, he's a much better player than he's shown in the games against Liverpool um, since, since he left the club. Um, but you're right, you know, he, he certainly has come on leaps and bounds. I mean, for his development, you know, to work with someone at Guardiola's Caliber as a manager is is obviously brilliant for him, but you know he he'll be a key man for City because we talk about City players going missing. You know he went missing in the games against Liverpool last season. Um, you know he you know, a key player in terms of them providing service into Aguero. Um, so yeah, I think I think Liverpool you know they'll they'll have to keep him quiet. But you know, I think I think from what we've seen previously, the the abuse and the stick he gets, which which will be as relentless, I'd imagine, as it was last season, um, affects him. And if it affects him again, then you know, I, you know, especially with how strong Liverpool have been in the fullback positions, because you know both Klein and Milner going into this game, you know, you know, arguably the best set, uh, fullback pairing in the league at the moment in terms of consistency. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be overly concerned about about Sterling's impact on the game. Jonesy, we heard about your admiration for Aguero. Um, if you put him aside, I think if you offered anyone take one of City's players and put them into the Liverpool team, um, Kevin De Bruyne is just a great oh, player to watch, isn't he? He is brilliant. Even in that 4-1 last year, he, me and you were talking about him during the game, he was he was still the one who was doing everything right, wasn't he, during that game? He was still putting them dangerous balls. and Yeah, he um, he's a top player. They've, they've got a lot of attacking providers, haven't they? They've got Silva, who still... You know, <coughs> I think he's not the player he was when he was first at City, but he's still, on his day, is a very, very good player. They've got 
um, Nolito, obviously Sané, who was the new signings from the summer, they got Sterling there. Yaya Torre back playing now, and I think, to be honest, I'd be quite pleased if I saw Yaya Torre and Man City's team yeah. in a deep midfield position because I think Liverpool showed last year that Yaya Torre is is a a, a beacon for them to, to 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 look at and to target. And the game the game will not be played. You never yeah yeah yeah. You you don't think? I mean, he can. He's been a class player, so he yeah. could surprise us. But from what well, you know of him, one at of the my moment, moments the last season actually was. Uh, was it Lallana and Yaya Torre having a, having a wrestle at Wembley yeah, in the yeah. Um, yeah that was that was a, a, a Yaya Torre basically ran about twenty yards with Adam Lallana sort of held up above his head and then, <laughs> and then took the free kick um, but yeah I, th- I think that would be a positive I think Liverpool um, Manchester City would probably go with I think they'll go with Fernando and Fernandinho or maybe Torre in, in the ten and Sylvan and De Bruyne wide but. Um, I think if Liverpool saw Yaya Torre in central midfield, I think that would be a a, a want to, to get get a pulses racing. And Paul, no Coutinho. Uh, if you look at the Liverpool team, no Matip. We've been playing without Coutinho since the end of November, actually. Yeah. Um, which surprised me how long that that has been actually. Sunderland, when I was it? looking at yeah Sunderland, and um, for the most part, they've they've coped with his absence pretty well, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, I think. Obviously, taking away what he brings, he's also had a bit of an impact on Firmino. He sort of dulled in recent weeks, uh, so it was good to see him back amongst the goals the other night. Um, he, could yeah. have, he could have had, he got his goal, but he could have had another couple, couldn't he? That one that almost hit him as it came across and just went away, and yeah, and the yeah, one that one went just line, over and one off the line. Yeah, so it was, it was good to see him in back. But um, yeah, the team with Miss Coutinho, wouldn't he? The, 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 the times he's been brilliant for, for Liverpool. Um, but I mean. He was targeting the New Year's Eve return, wasn't he? And Klopp said today he won't be there, and he won't be there for Sunderland either. So maybe the FA Cup that'll be his comeback. He's him in for twenty minutes if it all goes right in the night. But you know, any team's going to miss him. Um, but uh, there's enough goal scorers without him to, to make up for that at the moment. Yeah, um, and Clavan's been doing decent in in replacement for yeah, for massive yeah. Pearson. I, th- I think that was part of the thinking behind them deciding that kind of enough was enough with, with Matip's ongoing ankle issues, the fact that I think Klopp was frustrated, obviously he was playing and then not being able to train, and then it was a case of, you know, would he would he be okay for the next game, and yeah, I'll give it a go, And but then playing with some discomfort. And I think with the way the Clavens come in um, and done really well, I think has probably convinced Klopp that, you know, let's just give Matip the time he needs to get it completely sorted, because, you know, it's no good to Liverpool if he's, if he's playing one, missing one, playing one. Um, yeah, and Clavin's done nothing wrong. You know, obviously this is a probably the, the biggest test that, that he's had so far in his Liverpool career. But when you look at how calm and composed he was at, at Goodison the other week, when I thought he was Liverpool's best player on the night, I wouldn't have any great concerns for him going into this one. And it's funny actually because I'm actually more fearful about the trip to Sunderland than the visit at Man City. Cause I, I just think this game almost takes care of itself in terms of. You know the, the adrenaline will be pumping. The atmosphere will be amazing on the night, um, and then I just think with such a short turnaround to, to Sunderland, and you know he can make a few changes, but not many. You know you think probably. Do you think? Because I was thinking he might change half a team at Sunderland. I, I don't think he can though, can he? Because what is he? What would Raymond? What would Raymond say? If he <laughs> but I'm just I'm just wondering whether he just goes look. We're we obviously we saw it wasn't just Pep Guardiola in the director's box the other night. David Moyes was there casting his yeah. beady eye down as well, and uh, and I was uh, <laughs> I, I'm not sure what whether he had the uh, the famous uh, 
Cardi on or not, but he um, didn't. didn't know. Um, I'm glad to hear. Special occasion, but. <laughs> uh, but I'm just thinking, what does he just go? You know, hopefully get the result against City. Obviously, you know, a long way from that yet, but you'd, you'd be confident. You say that game sets up well for Liverpool yeah. uh, at Anfield uh, and the way City will play. Uh, and going to try and dog out a result in Sunderland, do you just? It doesn't make no difference whether you dog it out with your absolute A squad or whether you put half an A squad in. I just, I just and, don't think. Well, obviously, you think you look at the, the squad at the moment. You think obviously probably Sturridge will start. I think if yeah. you, if you assume that you'll keep the same eleven as the other night, Sturridge yeah. will probably come in for you'd imagine the Rigi. Yeah. Um, Chan will probably replace yeah. Wijnaldum. Yeah. I, Lucas I'm, maybe could well be his farewell yeah. appearance for Liverpool. Um, Moreno. Yeah, you think Moreno will probably Moreno could play wide left. I mean, he brought one. Yeah, he was fifteen minutes there, didn't he? Was he? Further up, wasn't he? On. I, I I agree with Andy. I, I think I think he'll. And I'd be tempted to give. And I I would. Kevin what, Stewart for Henderson. But I also I also agree with you. And that, that's what that would worry me because it's very it, Liverpool. It's like, yeah. Go, I'm going. Yeah. I'm, I'm stuck in 1996. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going back to that Newcastle game when they beat them four three. It was like, wow, there you go. And then three days later, they played Coventry and got beat 1-0. Yeah. I was like, well, what was the point in beating yeah. Newcastle 4 It's not know? just the physical exercise, it's, it's mental as well. It's just like the whole size of the occasion on New Year's Eve. And cup draw helps, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. cup draw. Yeah, because, because, because he can play... He can, the, he can, he can play yeah. Ben Woodburn, he can play Ajari, yeah. he can play yeah. CAA. I mean, I, I would be tempted to give... Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold run at some. I know I would. One of my predictions for 2017 is that Trent Alexander-Arnold will get an England cap. And you'll uh, a full England cap? A full England cap in 2017. Um, and uh, so you can, at least you've got a year to forget that um, before you come <laughs> yeah. back and rub it in my face. Nail that one, but um, I, I just think he's going to end up getting a few games for Liverpool and when he does, I'm pretty confident he'll be a, a success. And almost when you're a success as a young lad for Liverpool, you know, somebody, yeah. somebody <laughs> will, will start writing about how he needs to be in a yeah. squad and he'll end up in a squad. Oh, I think. has got one. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but I've been, I was looking at Klein's um, appearance record just before Christmas as we came into this busy period. He'd played every minute of every game. Yeah. I think he played uh, every minute of every Premier League game, I should say. He played... Um, Every minute against Stoke the other night, didn't he? Um, he played more more games than any other outfield player last season as well. Absolutely, I just think is it is it when we have you know, albeit a young but a very talented right back uh, in waiting um, in Trent, um, whether it's, it's worth just trying to give Klein a rest at some stage. And I, I don't know whether it's more of a gamble to then to play the same eleven or ish. Two days, less than two days after a massive game like City, in in terms of, you know, if you if you get a couple injured and t- t- put some out for a couple of months, do you just put the three points at risk and go, well, we're just going to have to gamble that we can get something here? And uh, it's a really hard dilemma, isn't it? I mean, it's, this, as Paul said, it's the scheduling has not been not been kind, but I suppose this is why the manager gets the big bucks. And uh, well, that was what he said, wasn't it? He's, I think he said his interview on Christmas Day with. Sky, he said, I don't have any problem with Boxing Day games. He said, it's the, the ones on January 1st, 2nd, 3rd. He said, he doesn't understand what they're for. And I think I think he's got a fair point, especially when you've got an FA Cup third round, you've got a League Cup semi-final coming up, Manchester United on the horizon, Chelsea before yeah. the end of January. It's, it's a it's a massive schedule for Liverpool, you know, over the next six weeks and less. And um, I think that Sunderland game, 
I, I'm fully in agreement with James. I'd be circling that in red on the on the uh, on the on the calendar and thinking that's the one where you uh, you put your foot in the cow path. Do you? Um, if I offered you a, a win against City and a draw at the Stadium of Light, who'd take it now? No, I wouldn't take it. Not now. Yeah. But would that really wouldn't surprise me if that is what happens. You've seen James on D-Lo no deal. He's always I'm opening the box. He's opening the box. Yeah. Isn't I'll put me neck on a chopping block, I'll say yeah. yeah. You're offering me three points New Year's Eve and then one on the second. Yeah. I, I just think that, that if we got the win against City there'd be a, obviously massive positivity, wouldn't there? And I'd, and I'm not quite sure a a draw in a in an away game at Sunderland is that terrible result, albeit that they're down the... Yeah, I think Twitter might not agree with you if that no, happens. No, oh, yeah. Twitter has I, rarely agreed with I, me. I would say, I'd go, I'm, I'm another, I'd, I'd say, no, I'll take take the chance on the six points, I'd want the six, because United's the next game after that league game. And the last thing you want is to go into a game at United with Mourinho on a little bit of an upward curve, yeah. and you've already dropped your points, you, you can't really be dropping any more points. Yeah. That's, you, Nil-nil at Old Trafford yeah. is a good result, regardless of anything. Yeah. But if if you draw at Sunderland, it isn't a good result. You need to win. So I don't I don't think you want to be going to Old Trafford under that pressure. So well, so we've got this sorted. I think we we beat City in a some sort of five-three best game in Premier League style, ever. Yeah. We go in and dog yeah. dog a, a horrendous one-nil at Sunderland. Yeah. Hopefully controversial. And yeah, yeah. and then Boys we um, yeah. and then we wait for. Tottenham, hopefully, uh, while we're playing yeah. Sunderland, Tottenham to well, um, not to forget that to, yeah. to, to, Chelsea, Tottenham. To, I mean, there's a, there's a fine opportunity for uh, for some points to be dropped by Chelsea finally, and uh, and hopefully we uh, we we close in yeah. uh, finally. And then, and then Gareth Southgate launches uh, <laughs> an England cap in the direction of Southampton. Absolutely. Well, we can all dream. That's certainly one of my uh, hopes for 2017. <laughs> um, well, listen, um, this has been lots of fun for us. Hope you've enjoyed it. Um, massive game, New Year's Eve. Um, make your excuses to the significant other, he or she, um, and uh, and tune in for the game or get to Anfield if you've got a precious ticket. Um, we'll be back um, in the aftermath at some stage to have a chat about that and see how right or wrong we were and, uh, and also look at Sunderland as well. Um, this has been your Blood Red podcast. See you soon.